that that little green fuck is is the queerest of the queer. Um, I mean, if he had a dick, he could suck it. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer people win their hometown beauty pageant and then re-enter under an alias and win again just to prove it wasn't a fluke. That's right, every episode, I invite an LGBTQIA plus person on to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. Happy Pride still. That's right, it's still June in the time zone that I'm recording from, in June is a lot of things, but one of the things it is, is pride. And I mean that in the broadest sense of the word. So happy pride. Speaking of pride, maybe you saw our live-ish show on Glad Day TV last week. If you did, thank you so much. It was so much fun to get out of the house. I'll tell you that. Shine myself up a little bit. And by shine myself up, I mean polish my head. Anyway, we did, of course, record an episode with the lovely Hana Shafi, Hana Like Honey, on Glad Day TV from Glad Day, which is the oldest operating LGBTQIA plus bookstore in the world. No big deal. So if you watched that, great. It was also last week's episode, so you may have heard that. Amazing. It's also on YouTube. You can see a video of that Uh, from the Glad Day recording, so you can find that by searching for our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search You Made Me Queer TV. And oh my god, I can't wait till we are back in the world so I can do uh, live shows of You Made Me Queer, because I just want to be out of the basement, y'all. I'll tell you that. Also, a couple days ago, I saw Disney's new movie, Luca, available on Disney+, Plus, which I am not sponsoring, nor necessarily... Uh, suggesting you get a subscription for. Anyway, this movie, Luca, is great. Uh, So Disney's PR has said that nothing is intentionally queer about this film, but okay, listen a bit on the deal. Luca is not intentionally queer in the same way that the nightie with a kitten on it that I insisted on sleeping in around age eight or nine was not intentionally queer. This is a true story. So I guess to that I'd say, pause up, kitty girl. First, Queer people are experts at decoding media because most of us grew up in a world in which we, quote unquote, did not exist. So we learned how to read the tea leaves, so to speak. And in a movie in which children must hide their true identity by fear of death in order to imagine a future in which they can thrive and be happy is explicitly queer. Thank you very much. Also, when that happy future involves carb-loading pasta and late nights in the company of sailors, you, Disney, are dog-whistling to me, and in response I say, woof. Luca is a gorgeous, funny, very silly film, Uh, and there's a scene in it in which the protagonist mom, who is voiced by an always perfect Maya Rudolph, 
punts a bunch of kids into uh, a fountain in the town's piazza, and it is exceptional. You need to watch it immediately. Speaking of merch, were we? Uh, I still have some posters available. I had some gorgeous posters uh, custom made for you, the people of You Made Me Queer. They are risograph posters, which means the ink uh, application is gorgeous and solid and frame-worthy. And they were perfectly illustrated by the exceptionally odd and oddly exceptional Okushi Yuji, resident of Mitaka, a suburb of Tokyo where I used to live very near to. Um, The poster features more than 40 of the queer-causing monsters blamed throughout season one of You Made Me Queer. They are all over there. It is such a weird little piece of art that I love um, and, you know, a nice way to show your support for the show if you've enjoyed 20 free episodes, not that we're counting or anything. There's free pickup slash delivery in Toronto. If you're elsewhere, there's really cheap international shipping available. So just DM me on Instagram or email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Get that on your wall or in your locker. That's right. You're going back to school. Also. It is our season one finale, and I'm exhaling like that because uh, I'm dramatic, because it's a relief, because making a podcast when you also have a full-time job and a life outside of it is surprisingly quite a lot of work. And I'm also exhaling because I, I love this thing so much. I love doing this. I love the community it's connected me to. Uh, I feel really grateful, to be honest, really grateful for, uh, l- I mean, let's be real, the new friends it's helped me make, um, for the things that's helped me learn about myself, about other people, for the fun I've had. And I will tell you this, when you have a podcast, you have an excuse to talk to people. So people that I just wanted to get to know more or reach out to or hear stories from, I had sort of this vehicle to do so you know, sort of under this guise of the conceit of the podcast, You Made Me Queer, but also because people who are queer mentors to me uh, in some capacity or another who I wanted to A, connect with, and B, to connect with my queer community and my community at large. Also, I will tell you, as a sort of lapsed artist in different capacities, I had a lot of hesitation about doing this because, you know, it's, it's weird. It's weird to put yourself out there when you're doing something new, you know, because you don't know if it's going to work. You don't know what it's going to be like. You don't know what it's going to reveal about you, which I think is one of the biggest things. I was wading into new territory here and my queerness, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's been a little nerve wracking, but honestly, like the things that's helped to reveal to me about me, it's been a little staggering, really, in the way I feel. I feel different now after having done 20 episodes of this. Do you feel different? Uh, you're still locked inside, that's for sure. But, you know, I think that's the special thing about podcasting, what it can do. Yes, I know it's TV with no picture. What's the point? I hear you, hordes of people who are not podcast fans. But the intimacy of it, the specific voices it can showcase because of the unique and accessible way it's produced is very special. And I want to say singular in a way that even surpasses radio, because it really doesn't require that much special equipment. All this is to say, uh, as you may have guessed, my essays were too long in high school. And thank you for listening. 
thank you so much. I really hope you've enjoyed this. And of course, none of this would have been possible without a season's worth of guests. So from the bottom of my heart, and we're not done yet, I'm just getting started. Thank you to Colin Asuncion, Coco Galore, Philip Jeremik, Shohana Sharman, Jay Sean Elliott, Franny McCabe, Bennett, Gavin Crawford, Jay Magis, Arian Tong, Evan Spiegelman, Aaron Pym, Bernard Dotson, Johnny Walker, Jinx Monsoon, Kimiko Tobimatsu, Trana Winter, Michael Lamenda, Caden Douglas, Lee Ayrton, Hana Shafi, and today's guest, who is Heather Matarazzo. Oh my god. Here we go. Writer, producer, director, actor in LGBTQIA plus rights activist Heather Matarazzo has over two decades of award-winning and critically acclaimed performances in major studio films and independent cinema, some of which I'm about to talk about. She has appeared in such notable titles as The Devil's Advocate, 54, Scream 3, Wow, what a callback to a series of films that resonated with me. Indie cult fave saved exclamation point, also known as a screamer. And Gary Marshall's comedy hits The Princess Diaries and The Princess Diaries Mother Freakin' 2, colon, royal engagement. Mother Freakin' was an editorial on my part. Uh, anyway, in which Heather co-starred with Anne little-known actress Anne Hathaway. Matarazzo, fun fact, began acting at the age of six after commandeering the microphone at an AIDS benefit for children. She was given the card of a talent manager and the rest is history, 100%. Relevant to my interests, at age 11, she appeared as the lead in Todd Sullen's Welcome to the Dollhouse, which went on to win the Grand Jury Award at Sundance and prizes from the Berlin Film Festival, the National Board of Review, etc., and got little old Heather at 11 international recognition and earned her an Independent Spirit Award for Best Debut Performance. I cannot overstate the impact that this film had on me at that time in elementary school and on through high school. I watched it so many times. The character and the story and the storytelling spoke to me in a way that no other media had before. And honestly gave me a peek into a world that made sense to me and I wanted to be a part of and that I didn't know how to get to. But the fact that it existed, that this made sense to someone else, gave me a lot of hope, which might seem a little weird because it's a very strange, sweet, sad, sideways little film that I still think is truly a masterwork and hugely due in part to Heather's performance. So if you have not seen this movie, pause this podcast now and go watch it and then come back. If you have seen this movie, contact me immediately because I want to talk to you about it. Also, wardrobe, if you have access to any of those costumes, contact me now. I will pay for shipping. Back to Heather. Most recently, Heather appeared alongside Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Who are they, you might ask? Who are these little-known actresses? In the motion picture comedy, Sisters. And the independent film, Girl Flu. <laughs> From God's lips to your pencil. Her extensive TV work includes roles on Grey's Anatomy, Roseanne, ER, Strangers with Candy. Like, for God's sake. For God's sake. We are all now one degree away from Amy Sedaris, two degrees from David Sedaris. What else do you want to be degrees away from? 
Sorry, I just got dizzy. Back to Heather's CV. TV shows we're talking about Life on Mars, Law and Order, Now and Again, which earned her a Young Artist and Young Star Award nomination, also on a little-known show called The L Word, discussed at length many times on this podcast. I could go on and on, and I'm about to in my conversation with Heather. I really hope you enjoy it. This one for me, I mean, think about someone who had a huge impact on your life that you never ever thought you would get the chance to connect with. That's what this felt like for me. And uh, and I got to, over Zoom, sit down with sweet old Heather Matarazzo, direct from her barn, with cats meowing in the background, and chat about the dark, evil monsters who made her queer. What a world we live in. Anyway, please enjoy it. God knows I did. This is my conversation with Heather Matarazzo. And now, where are you? Because I, I know you're in L.A., but you are, look like you're in some sort of treehouse. I wish. <laughs> I am in a barn that was converted into a garage workspace office area that I put together during the pandemic. Oh, cool. Yeah. So this is a new sort of, you've been working out here. It's a new creation. Um. Yeah. I mean, the barn was already here when, when we moved here, but... It could have been used as a garage or as storage space. And my wife and I were hitting that point of the pandemic where it was like, I just need some space. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I will put together my office outside. So that way we have said space and don't get divorced. Yes, that's going to be a key takeaway from this, right? (laughs) Not getting divorced. Well, it looks real nice. You've got some sunlight there. It looks like there's some sort of power tool behind you. I mean, it it, it would not be a, a lesbian workspace without <laughs> at least one power tool, which is ironically a weed whacker. God bless. You're right. You have to have at least within arm's reach one industrial strength power tool. Yeah. 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 And and I'm actually <laughs> got to like it it ran out of like the spool which like helps cut all of the weeds. Okay. And I I didn't want to go to Home Depot and buy like a pre-made one, so I went to our local store, support local business. Yeah. And like learned how to re-spool the weed whacker. A weed whacker. Yeah. Holy crap. So much fun. You're the real and okay, so I would be concerned, you know, weed whacker famously known for its efficacy at cutting things in half. Uh-huh. So were you scared you were going to lose a finger? No, it was unplugged. <laughs> well, you've thought of everything, haven't you? I do my best. I do my best. Congratulations. So you've got like a you've got a yard to maintain, I'm guessing. Yes, and this is like the first time that we've gotten to have a yard and my wife and I really kind of made it our mission that we would the the next place that we found that we were going to live in had a yard for our dogs and we really oh, lucked nice. out. Yeah. So what kind of dogs do you have? Do you have a bunch? We have two dogs and two cats. One is a mini pincher poodle mix named Tagalong oh. that came with my wife. <laughs> they were a package deal. Exactly. And then <laughs> uh, the, 
I brought Nenea, who is a Shiba Inu uh, shepherd mix. And then we have two adorable, beautiful cats, one of which we got during the pandemic. Oh, nice. A new arrival. Yeah. So you've got a cute little sort of uh, menagerie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's real good. And hey, have you been to Toronto before? Did you ever get up there? Yeah. I mean, I did. Really? Yeah, we shot. I mean, I, 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 I can't remember what the title is in Canada. Canada anymore if it's the hairy bird or if it's strike uh-huh. oh so I think strike yeah so shot that there and I shot 54 there oh great yeah so I I, I definitely got to spend some time in Toronto Kensington Market my favorite okay yeah that's legit yeah yeah <laughs> your story checks out Toronto has a great summer uh, it's winter is truly punishing. Oh, but I, I'm I'm an East Coast gal, so I right. please right. give me the cold. Do you miss it being in LA? I miss seasons. <laughs> yeah. I miss rain. Uh... I miss I miss weather happenings <laughs> as opposed to just clear blue sky ranging in temperature between sixty five and hundred and twenty five degrees. That's hot. You know, it's funny because I used to live in San Francisco and the thing, I of course love it. And anytime I see a palm tree as a Canadian, I feel like I'm on vacation. But you do, it is harder to keep track of time because it's not like, oh yeah, it was a snowy day. It's just like, it it was warm. Yeah, it was a day. It was a day. And, a day. and on top of that, like during the pandemic, when I, I literally sent a text to a friend the other day. Uh-huh. Pardon me. I feel a sneeze coming on. <laughs> Pardon me. Bless you. Thank you so much. I didn't know if it was going to mature into anything or just stay there as a sneeze fetus and not do anything. <laughs> that's a new one. That's, that's sneeze fetus. You heard it here first. <laughs> I just watched a birth. <laughs> and I sent a, a text to my friend on, on Tuesday evening and I said, this is how I'm spending my Saturday night. Literally thinking that it was Saturday and not Tuesday. <laughs> like, oh, what is no. what is time? What is a day? And the answer is nothing anymore. What is place? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are Google meeting. This is the way people live their lives now. And for someone like me that while I love connection and I love one-on-ones, getting the gift of not having to leave my house sure is, sure. I mean, the best thing ever. Are you an introvert, would you say? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I definitely think that I'm I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah. On the Myers-Briggs, I used to be ENFJ, and sometimes I, I'm an INFJ. I'm sort of the extrovert-introvert uh, limbo, sort of the, the, the boundary between. And the Myers-Briggs, I am an INFJ. P, okay. But it's also something that I won't use anymore since I learned about its founder and the racist origins. Yeah, do you know what? I was reading, there's a book called The Bell Curve that's been mm-hmm. coming up a lot lately that just you know, standardize tests and, and tests like that that are 
predictive in a way that absolutely, yeah, have have racist roots and and class roots and all sorts of things. Yep. So screw that. We can start a new one. It's it's start the Heather Matarazzo test. It's, I mean, for me, really, at the end of the day, is that I have no idea what I am. I have no idea who the fuck I am. It's, it's literally I mean, a moment to moment, day by day experience. And the only thing that I know is that I really know nothing. And even then, who knows? Well, I, I'll tell you this much. And maybe this is the tentative test for now. On this side of the line are people who cannot fix a weed whacker. And on this side are people who can. And you, my dear, are on the other side. I, I, I receive that. I, I say thank you. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a really big fan of being handy and and knowing things that are uh, to some degree completely nonsensical but make sense to me yeah like i find it important to know how to hotwire a car <laughs> okay <laughs> wait um go on and by the way this cannot be used in a court of law this is a safe space yeah have well, you stolen a car no i've never stolen a car okay but i'm really curious about I really love a good survivor show. Yes. I I really am all about learning how to survive in the woods or if there's an apocalypse and you need to hotwire a car mm-hmm. or you need to hotwire a boat. I'm like, <laughs> let's say there's this insane massive earthquake and ba 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 and the freeways are jammed and like whatever, the marina's empty. We need to get to where we need to get to and go to fucking Vancouver. So let's right. learn how to, you know, like hotwire a boat or a car. Is hotwiring a boat the same process as hotwiring? a car yeah i mean it's all just wires i love the way you were like obviously <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's it's really all it's really all the same it's it's uh it's 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 just wires and and connecting the the red and the green and the blue and and hoping that it goes then you know what that's maybe the perfect segue because you connect the wires and you do hope it goes but sometimes there is a force at work that is connecting wires that you have no control over are you going to be talking about hostile two or sorority boys we, that's right we're talking about <laughs> that uh that basement that we were trapped in no we're talking about queerness heather yes 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 almost worse than hostile two <laughs> so uh yes you know when <laughs> when we were growing up when we were children we did not know these things because science was, you know, just a baby, a baby idea. And now that we're adults, we can look back and see so many things were conspiring to make us queer. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if you talk about sailing or like those times when you hold the door open for one person and then everyone starts going through and, and you get stuck. All these things we know now can make you queer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Trust me, this is my area of expertise. Okay. So why I've called you here today and why you've graciously accepted my call uh, is because I want to give you an international opportunity to point the finger of blame at who and or what Heather Matarazzo made you queer. Madonna. (laughs) End of discussion. Great chat. Yep. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Talk me through it. I mean... This is this is honestly what I feel. I I feel that Madonna I I mean the first words I ever I ever spoke and this is like a a, a very small backstory and and not getting lost in the weeds within this. Please. But Please. I was um 
I was adopted, and I was adopted through foster care. Mm -hmm. And when I came to my foster family that ended up becoming my adoptive family, they thought I was autistic because I didn't speak or make any facial expressions. And I was that way for well over a year. Okay. And the first time that I said words was watching Madonna's um, Like a Virgin Tora on VHS. And she came out, and she was doing Dress You Up, and I pointed to the TV, and I said, I do that. Like, not I want to, not one day, but I do that. Like, present tense. I do that. Yeah. And Madonna, for me, has always been a staple of sorts and, and a guide of sorts, and she was the only one that I knew, and to a certain degree know, that allowed me to feel safe with being myself. And her sexuality and her sensuality and her authenticity ignited this uh, small fire at the time within me that it was completely okay to be who you were. And every time I listened to her, my hips were a little sharper. I was in my body more, and I felt like I could conquer anything, including telling people I had crushes on that I had crushes on them. Like, whatever it was, she was just, she was my Ananias Nin. Oh. You know, she was my everything. And, like, from the get-go, like, from the first time you saw her, there was a sort of, like, kinship. Oh, yeah. Without without a shadow of doubt. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that, did that become, like, a super fandom right away? Like, were you, like, getting the tapes and the albums and, and everything? I mean, it, it it was stealing the water cups that were shaped like cones. <laughs> no, did you make a cone bra? And putting them under my shirt and dancing <laughs> to express yourself during the Blonde Ambition tour. Oh, thank like God. that's what that was. It really it really was I felt embraced. Yeah. And how about by your parents because like for me for example, I came from a sort of Christian Catholic household mm-hmm. and Madonna was forbidden in our house. Really? Yeah, so like I wonder like, you know, she was a bit racy and you were pretty young. Were your parents ever like, mm, Heather, maybe not? Well, I had two older brothers that were significantly older than me mm-hmm. by 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So a lot of what they experienced in pop culture, I I experienced just by proximity. Yeah. But I mean, I, re- I, I, I was obsessed with her in the space of, I, it was her... And musicals and Elvis Presley, which <laughs> is ironic considering the fact that, like, either he died on her birthday or oh, they were... really? Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, it, it's not like I was, like, going out and, like, buying albums and, and all of that stuff, but definitely recorded the girly show from Down Under in Australia <laughs> on VHS. 
Yeah, and then you did. My adoptive mom tried to edit out all of the quote unquote dirty parts. How did she t- like? She tried to redub. Yeah, over them? I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It was it was something. <laughs> That's commitment. Yeah, you know. But she's 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 always been someone for me that um I will I will hold in high esteem mm-hmm. and and gratitude, and not just as a as a queer person, but as a woman, mm. as as somebody that has historically been told to feel shame about their body and their sexuality Uh and sensuality. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think it's the interesting sort of thing for queer people. So you saw Madonna and like you're saying, she empowered you, she made you feel liberated, etc. And when did that start to click into, if it did, a bit of, oh, I'm also attracted to her. I mean, I I mean, I had a crush on my second grade teacher and like this girl in my second grade class. And I grew up, I, I was raised Catholic. Okay. But, like okay. Roman Catholic Italian. Oh, boy. So filled with tons of guilt and shame. Um, <laughs> that's, that's our birthright as young Catholics. Right? <laughs> and I... It, it was never explicitly talked about when I was a child, mm-hmm. but I think that children are incredibly intuitive and perceptive. Mm-hmm. And when I was when I was growing up, we had the AIDS crisis, we had Reagan, we had you know uh, discrimination abounding within the gay community until oh, the yeah. early '90s when straight people started getting it, and then it was like, now we got to take this seriously. Now we got to look at it. And I was just telling the story uh, earlier today, but I, I remember that w- when I did Welcome to the Dollhouse. Which, by the way, I have been a fan of for 25 years, maybe. Thank huge, you. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, yeah. The, by the way, that helped make me queer, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I... I it, it... I describe it as like when Helen Keller discovers the first word that Annie Sullivan, like, it has a name, Helen, it has a name. (laughs) And I'm like, lesbian, lesbian, it has a name. It has, I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian. (laughs) And was it, it was that time for you? Like you were like a tween? I, I was a I was eleven years old. Wow! I was I was eleven years old when I did Dollhouse. Um, yeah, it was it was the summer of nineteen ninety four, and it was the first time that I had met out queer people. It was the first time that I had met gay men and women, uh-huh. and I felt less alone. Even though I knew that I really had to keep this to myself, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. back to that like intuitive feeling that like I think a lot of queer kids get at least back then and maybe to a certain degree now. But I, I remember feeling less alone and like at least I know one day there will be other gay people right. that I can bond right. with. And that September – was starting, um, I think, one of the final years that I had of, like, religious education classes. Uh-huh. And that was religious education and Catholicism and that whole thing. I I had a very complicated relationship with God, the God that I was raised with. Mm-hmm. 
Because in part, like, I, I was raised to believe that if I was a good girl, God would answer my prayers. And if I wasn't a good girl, God wouldn't answer my prayers. And I grew up in an incredibly volatile, uh, dysfunctional household. And oh, there was a lot of emotional violence and whatnot. And I remember I would pray. I would pray to this God and I would, I would just pray for the fighting to stop. Yeah. And yeah. the fighting wouldn't stop. And so... I equated that to, well, I must be a bad girl. I must be a bad girl because God's not answering my prayers. Right. It was your fault. It was my fault. And then somewhere in there was the, well, maybe it's because I like girls. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure. Like, oh, no. And so when I finally met gay people that were out... And I went to this religious education class, and we had this woman named Mrs. Murphy, who was the teacher, and she was a nun. Oh, boy. And she had said that God had brought AIDS oh, no. to the gay community in order to wipe them out because being gay was a sin. And this is after I've spent a summer with gay people, including myself. Yeah. And I wished her dead. Yeah. I, yeah. I wished her dead, and she died a year later. Oh, wow. Of a brain tumor. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) wow. This is really funny. And I'll I'll save this moment maybe by saying it happens a lot, I think, because it's an invisible, you're an invisible minority a lot of the time when you're a queer person when you're young. So you see adults like nuns, people who are like bastions in the charitable community about you know morality and such and you hear them say the most horrible things i heard adults say really kind adults say awful things about queer people in front of me because they would never think there was a queer person around queer people black people hispanic people like it's it's a it's a bastion of hate dressed in love yeah yeah, and starchy veils and wooden jewelry. And pedophilia, run amok. And pedophilia. Oh, we went there. Well. Wow. Take that. So can I can I say Welcome to the Dollhouse partly made you queer be- because, you know, it gave you access to real life queer people? I think that I would say that Welcome to the Dollhouse solidified what I already knew. Yeah, that's fair. Like yeah, it really just, it, it, it put a name on the thing that I was feeling. And did it feel like, I mean, I think that's part of the reason I was so drawn to the movie as a kid or, you know, growing up, because we're actually the same age, I think. But did it feel like a queer movie at the time? Because I think it's such a queer movie. No. Okay. And the thing is, is that, like, what do you, I think that it's a a universal film Uh that really brings the outsider, quote unquote, into the fold, Mm -hmm. whether you're queer or not. Yeah, but maybe that's, that's I, I mean, it, it, the term queer, I feel, is 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 such a it, it it's such a, a, a word that can be um, interpreted in, in, in so many different ways. Uh-huh. But I really feel like it's at, at its core dollhouse is um, speaks to those that have felt that they were unworthy of being. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Simply because of their beingness. Yeah, that's yeah. Because it's uh, I was so struck by that a character who's constantly trying to, it's it's like you said your experience where you know if you are a good girl then X happens and it's a character who's heartbreakingly constantly trying to be what she thinks other people want of her and just not you know being refused constantly being refused. You know what's interesting? Uh huh. I feel 
like that she's continually herself, except when it comes to Steve Rogers. He's the guy in the band. Yeah, who's the guy okay. in the band because he she literally goes to that chick and like wants to learn what the fuck to do. Yeah. And then we see her staring at her fingers trying to figure out like what finger fucking is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like but she she's so I mean that one of the opening scenes where where she tries to comfort Troy, that kid that got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And like he shoves her and is like, leave me alone, wiener dog. Like, yeah, yeah. she has this innate generosity of, of really just, hey, what's going on? Yeah, that is a, actually a really good point. She is, she's so in tune with herself. She just gets reactions that don't make sense, you know, because people are fucked up. Just like Madonna. And let's take it back. <laughs> That's right. And also, because I don't want to lose this thread, you did mention music theater at one point. Mm-hmm. Did that resonate with you? Were you a theater kid? I, I remember being in pre-K and the teacher calling my mom and saying, Heather needs to stop bringing in her musical vinyl records for show and tell. <laughs> We're sick she of it. She needs to diversify, branch out. We're really sick of it. <laughs> I was obsessed with musicals as a child. And then I ended up going to a performing arts high school for the last two uh, years of high school. I mean, who the fuck doesn't love a good musical? I mean, listen, I, God knows I do. What, is there one that sticks out in your mind? Unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, that's a deep cut. Debbie Reynolds. Okay. So great. Okay. So great. She goes for the dark horse. Oh, I mean, but also, like, I I really was into movies subconsciously that were about children that were orphans. <laughs> that, like, didn't have, like, an original family of origin that they were living with. Yeah, because talk about another thing maybe you didn't have a template for around you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a little babe lost in the woods. <laughs> you really I know had to I carve could. your own path. Only be good for one who'd watch over me. <laughs> so we've got Madonna. Okay, so I just want to make sure we're getting our, our culprits in line. We've got Madonna's entire career. Madonna's entire career. And then I guess maybe Judy Garland as well. But I wasn't sexually attracted to her, so... Sure. But that's that's a music theater crossover, too. So I see how that fits in for sure. I mean, and Lucy Lawless really was, I mean... Xena Warrior Princess? Yeah. Fuck, every Sunday at 9 p.m. watching the fucking relationship between Xena and Gabrielle. Yeah, there was one where they got like in a hot tub together. Oh, like a, it was like oh, a, you know. They bathed each other on multiple <laughs> occasions throughout that show. Constant bathing. I remember watching that show as a young boy and being like, I think I'm also a lesbian. I'm very confused about what's happening now. I mean, it, I mean, uh, I wish I, I mean, I used to, I, I, I don't know if this is appropriate to say and like, I mean, it's fine, Heather, it's fine. Um, but like, yeah, I used to, I used to have like deep fantasies about Lucy Lawless. Not Gabrielle. You were a Xena girl. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Like throw me up against a wall, please. Please. Those, she's strong. I mean, yeah. yeah. Sexy as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> and gorgeous like she had that like leather armor and the deep piercing blue eyes and that like a wicked smile and her gruffness and like just you know like oh, yeah. get into oh, a bar yeah. fight and then 
fuck yeah. Well, listen, and be honest, because you also have dark hair and blue eyes. Did you ever dress like Xena for Halloween? No. And explain why not. Because <laughs> I was a teenage girl? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, does it, is this something that appeals to you? It seems like you'd be a shoe in I feel like there is only one person that can wear that outfit, and, <laughs> and that's Lucy Lawless. And that's why I leave it to her. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, that's deference right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair game. Okay, so we've got, oh, yeah, gorgeous uh, Lucy Lawless. We have Debbie Reynolds, you said, from Unsinkable Molly Brown. We have kind of Walk of the Dollhouse, a sort of a formative experience. Anything else you want to throw under the uh, beautiful gay bus? I mean, oh, geez Louise. I mean, like, I was the girl that listened to, like, Ani DeFranco and fucking <gasps> Fiona Apple and Me Tori too. Amos. You know, and Jewel, like pieces of me. I didn't fuck yes. with her later stuff. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Jewel. I'm sure it's great. No, no. But I, I grew out of that phase. And I actually, ironically enough, saw Jewel at like your version of MTV Unplugged. Yeah, yeah. In Toronto. No way. Yeah. And oh. the Lilith Fair. Oh, of course at Lilith Fair. Oh, yeah. Did they still do Lilith Fair? No. That's a mistake. I mean. What are you going to do? Yeah, Jewel, that's funny because one of my things, I found Ani DeFranco, I think my older brother had a friend who was like a cool skater girl. Yeah. Like, like a bit of a tomboy and she introduced me and I was like, oh my God, because something rang the bell for me like this chick's a bit different. She's got, she's got a bit of a different idea than, you know, what you're hearing on the radio and I couldn't find anyone who knew who she was. So that to me was like the queer code where you say to someone like, are you a friend of Ani DeFranco? If they know, then they know, right? Oh my God, that's hilarious. That's yeah, because you know. Yeah, I mean, she just, she just spoke to me. Like she really, 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 really spoke to me. Like with lines like, my cunt is a wound that won't heal. Yeah. Hi, yeah. sign me up, please. <laughs> and, but I was right there with you. Yeah, and and it's it's I I think it's interesting the relationship between. I mean, it makes me think of like the song in Oklahoma, like why can't like the the cowboys and the farmers be friends? Yeah. Like gay men and women, because it you're getting to the intersectionality mm -hmm. of gender. Yep. Right. Yep. And and so I I think that getting to talk about queerness through such a wide myopic lens, you know, and and why felt so drawn to certain things and and not to others, you know, like I was never a fan of Cher, and a lot of my gay male friends were like Cher all day, <laughs> you know. Oh, also Barbara Streisand, well, huge sure. for me. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I know what you mean. Just to go back to a uh, thing you said a moment ago, where you know we had a lot of work to do as a queer community, where white cis gay men kind of got the easiest pass, and then were you know, because of the internalized misogyny still that gay men had and were separating them from trans people or, you know, from mm -hmm. lesbians or I think we have a much better holistic view of which is why I like that word queer so much. It's yeah. so inclusive for me. Yeah, it, it's not a word I use often, but also I as of now, I'm a lesbian. OK, but who knows if somewhere down the line I fall in love with a trans man yeah. or a straight yeah. man or whatever the fuck. I, I hear queer and I hear outcast and I hear inclusive. Inclusive yeah, of I, the outcast. Yeah, I, I see. That's why I like it because queer also is just, it's different. It's weird. It's, 
It's individual. It's unique. And it can, it's sort of a question mark too. It's like, you really have to have it explained to you. You can't take for granted queerness, what it means to you or it means to me. Yeah. And, and, and like with that too, I, I mean, I think that sexuality like gender is, is such a spectrum, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the truth is at, at least from my vantage point, as I continue to get older, getting to have the experience of a more mutable frame of mind and heart in terms of, well, what is masculine? What is feminine? Mm. How do they intersect? And then it leads me to thinking about the divine masculine, the divine feminine within each one of us. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I had a real thing for a little bit when I was just starting to d- develop sexually mm-hmm. as a being and was terrified of being thought of as masculine. Yeah. But I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily gravitating towards bustiers <laughs> yeah. and short skirts either. So yeah, where does it leave you? It's confusing. I had the same thing as s- someone who's cis male and queer, identifies as queer, where I really had a hard relationship with my femininity for a long time. Because, b- because what was that for you? What, what did yeah. that mean for you? Exactly. And I didn't know there was no it 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 was so forbidden. And that's so baked into, you know, being a a Catholic kid and all sorts of things. But um, discovering that like what, you know, you keep getting to come out, you keep finding new parts of yourself. And that's the this world we're spinning through. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and and also just like who I was 10 years ago is not who I am now. And who I am Please. now is not going to be who I am in a decade. If no, I make did you ever decade. imagine yourself hot wearing a boat? And look at you now. I mean, did I? <laughs> was that always the plan? I mean, it, it uh, listen, I'm I'm the person that, <laughs> that goes out to eat and I'm looking for the thing that can be used as a weapon just in case (laughs) you're gonna out survive us all (gasps) oh i mean please 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 don't put that on me no when the grid goes down it's gonna be you your lovely wife and your your coterie of animals just wandering the uh (laughs) the jungle but i'm so grateful that i have friends that that literally think that way as well Uh because i mean for fuck's sakes every time there's a goddamn threat of a winter storm or rain, the hordes of people that are like toilet paper, paper <laughs> towels. So we all have that survival mechanism within us. But I guess for me, I I always think of it as I'm a fan of Bear Grylls. I'm I'm a fan <laughs> of like what happens when and if it all ends, but not to the point that I'm digging a bunker or even have a bug out bag. Of no, which I have no, you're neither. You're sensible. You're just thinking ahead. But friends of mine have bug out bags. They they have like a real big. They they know exactly. Ba ba ba. And they have rules and regulations like that. We always have to have at least two hundred and forty five miles worth of gas in the tank. And da 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 da. Yeah, maybe it's a California thing. What's a bug out bag? Oh, a bug out bag is if there's an earthquake or any kind of natural disaster 
where you have bandages, you have emergency flashlights, you have batteries, you have like a crank radio that can be Uh solar powered. You have emergency rations of food that usually last three days, water that lasts at least three days per person, an animal, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Perfect. A VHS copy of The Girly Show, Ex- portable I, TV. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, I, 100%. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, you're you're totally right. And I think it's good. Like there is there is a space you can exist in where you are prepared, but you are not neurotic. Yeah. yeah. And it's and and I really just like ingenious ideas. Like I I'm I didn't watch it when I was a kid, but like I really love the idea of MacGyver. Yes. Where it's yes. like we're going to build a fort using nothing but paper clips and a feather. That's right. Okay. How do you That's do right. that, sir? Oh my God, they did it. <laughs> they did it. I know. I remember watching that and being like, oh, all you need is half a stick of chewed up gum and a tape dispenser. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Magic happens. That's right. Harness that shark. <laughs> Heather, I could talk to you all day and all night about bug out bags, but unfortunately our time is running short. So right. before we move on to our goodbyes, would uh, you like to play a game? Sure. Oh, great. Yeah. This game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queer, Queerer, I named it that because it's very difficult to say. So here are the rules. They are very simple. Okay. I'm going to give you three things. You need to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is a very serious game. Answer carefully. I'm I'm ready. Here you go. Thing number one, custom party pinatas in the shape of the celebrant. So constructed to look like a birthday boy or birthday girl or something like that. Don't answer yet. Okay. Okay. Thing number two, did you get this where you grew up? Gumby, a bit of a green, bendy plasticine. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. Okay. Thing number three, meta t-shirts that refer to themselves. For example, my friend went to Fort Lauderdale and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, that kind of self-referential shirt. Okay. Okay. So just to recap, we have custom party pinatas in the shape of the celebrant, Mm -hmm. Gumby, and meta t-shirts, least queer to most queer, and why? Oh, gosh. I feel like you're going to nail this. Well, Gumby clearly is the queerest. <laughs> why? That that little green fuck is, is the queerest of the queer. Um, I mean, if he had a dick, he could suck it. <laughs> you're not wrong. It doesn't wrong. get any queerer than that. <laughs> it's true. He that's, can that's stretch and he can bend and and he's androgynous. That's true. Assuming that Gumby is a he. Well, that's a good question. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. Gender nonconforming. The OG. And then I would say the least queer slash the most douchey, would, I, I, <laughs> I, I would have to say, is like a meta shirt. Okay. Especially if it's something as tacky as... I went to Fort Lauderdale and all I got was this t-shirt. No offense to Fort Lauderdale. I mean, well, d- d- made, uh, who the fuck wants to go to Fort Lauderdale <laughs> is my question. At Touché. least have it be fucking Miami or Palm Springs. <laughs> Couldn't afford that. Shh. Well. Okay, you're not wrong. And I, I want to say hats off to the way you're doing this. You started with the drama, you went to the Lee Square, and you're leaving us with the middle. Yeah, which is which is the pinata, uh, because I mean then, because then I have questions because okay. I'm like, okay. did the person order the pinata themselves? 
Was it somebody else that ordered the pinata for them? Oh, right. Right? And if it was another person that ordered the pinata, do they actually secretly hate the person and want to bash them in the face? Yeah, what's with the motive? With a stick, but they don't want to get arrested and do it to the real person? <laughs> or if it was the person themselves that ordered the pinata of themselves do they have self-hatred yeah is it do a cry for they help? just want to beat themselves up and then what's it filled with i i mean gold candy <laughs> taffy gumby gumbies yeah <laughs> meta t-shirts that right. nobody will grab because who the fuck wants to say that they've been to fort lauderdale <laughs> I know it's something you hide. <laughs> um, okay, so Heather, let me just check your test results. Check, check, check. Congratulations, you got 100%. Yay! It's the yes. only move over Myers Briggs. It's the only test that matters. You are, in fact, queer. I, I receive that and say thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, Heather, before I let you go, anything you want to plug? My phone in. <laughs> Get that <Okay>. juice. <clears throat> Like nothing, nothing, nothing that I can talk about. So there are some things we should watch out for. Yeah. Featuring you. That I, that I can't talk about as of yet. I like it. It's so mysterious. I know. I know. I'm keeping with my scorpionic vibes. God bless. In the meantime, then, should people follow you on the old Insta? No. 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 Okay. I, I am, I'm doing my best. They can, I mean, they can follow me if they want to. It's, it's just my name. Sure. And it's, it's hard not to see which one is mine, but I'm doing actually my best to stay off of social media mm -hmm. until I actually have something to promote because I found that it has been incredibly, and don't get me wrong, I've had incredible interactions on social media, like it, it it can be absolutely wonderful, especially the experiences that I've had with Instagram Lives mm. and that. But I feel that the cost versus the return doesn't match up and it's kind of uh, rotting my soul. So I'd <laughs> rather not. That speaks to me 100%. So how about this, folks? So just keep your eyes peeled. Keep uh, a safe, sweet uh, respectful distance and when the time is right you will uh hear a hear a little a noise stay attuned yeah. uh, and then you'll know what's happening yeah it, i mean pretty much that's that's just great life advice <laughs> yeah you know what you're not wrong um i want to thank you because you have been making me queer since i was a teenager so thank you very much for that and i was pretty queer when this conversation started and after my trip through the barn with you i have come out the other side queerer than ever i i i received that you were welcome um <laughs> anything that i can do to help the uh queer community become more queer right move over sister whoever said that bullshit you are doing god's work that is right mrs murphy <laughs> mrs. i am murphy. doing i am doing god's fucking work for fuck's sakes <laughs> um okay great queer 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 Okido, that is our show, and that is our season. We will be back in August with a whole new world of queer retribution. Don't you dare close your eyes, hold your breath, it gets better. Okay, if you want to contact us, you can email me, captain of you made me queer at you made me queer at gmail.com. That was a very confusing way to say that. 
the email is youmademequeer at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast for all of the reasons I've harped about throughout these 20 episodes. And now more than ever, because if you subscribe and throughout the summer, the sun kind of cooks your brain or you just lose track of time after finally being allowed to, and I don't know, leave the house, we will just automatically drop into your inbox when the show starts season two. It's like a big fat pancake or a tiny little crepe or uh, something in between, like one of those sort of bubbly aerated McDonald's flapjacks. Okay, I'm drawing this out because I don't want to go. I'm not good at goodbyes. I love you. What? Ugh. For the last time this season, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by moi, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more from music, check out lavenderbruisers.fancamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. No, they don't, because we're going on a summer break, but they will when we're back for season two. And from the bottom of my big bent heart, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.